Welcome to the Chronically Real Podcast. Real life, real talk. I am your host today, CMT Strong. I've got a great episode for you today. Chronic Disease and Selecting an Exercise Program. There are countless exercise programs, coaches, fitness companies to choose from. And it seems all of them have the solution for you. They have the right program, the right technique, the right supplementation to get you in the best shape of your life. It's confusing. You may start feeling paralyzed because you're scrolling through so much information on the internet, on social media, you don't know what to do. Or it might lead to something called hyperchoice means that you go for what's vogue, what's hot, what's not. Ignoring personal needs or necessary objectives. If this is true with people who do not live with chronic disease or illness, how much more so for those who do? Let's say, hypothetically, you've spent a lot of time in the gym. You have a solid knowledge of how to work out you know some science behind it, you have some technique, and you're able to make some informed decisions or choices regarding developing and putting a program together. There's still some challenges. There's different programs for a variety of different things. There's different programs for getting stronger. There's other programs designed to get muscle size. There's some for shredding out or getting cut, as they call it. Some programs are designed to help you become faster, more agile. Some programs are for athletic. Some are for general fitness. Some programs are specifically designed for people who have a hard time gaining muscle. And there's programs for those who are beginners. Throughout the years of coaching, personal training, and being a fitness director, I've realized living with a chronic disease, there needs to be a mindset shift, a reframing of how we see exercise. I live in a Western society in America, so there's a specific ethos or set of belief system or values that motivate and drive people to be successful. It's the eradicate, it's the overcome, destroy, so that you can accomplish your goals and your dreams. However, if you have a chronic illness or a disease, is there really an eradicating? Is there really a destroying? Is there really a true and pure overcoming of the chronic disease? Since it's ongoing and progressive at times, there is no overtaking of the chronic disease. There is no eradicating it from your system. It is, and it will be there, always. What do we do then? Well, instead of thinking of eradicating or purging or overcoming so that you can accomplish your goals and dreams... There needs to be a perspective of living with the disease instead of trying to destroy it or behave in a way as if it doesn't exist. How do we do that? There's some laws and truths we can implement 
and to our personal program. First of all, we need to be safe and responsible and aware that we can injure ourselves because we have a chronic condition. No way around that. Being safe also includes, and this is an important point to remember, medical clearance from a qualified, supportive, and caring doctor. If he determines you need physical therapy, great, do that. Work with a physio to get you going. Maybe you can move on to other things after that. If you're at a point in your fitness level where you can go to a gym or you have equipment at home, it's important to secure the weak parts of your body. For example, me with charcoal marituth disease, I have atrophy in the hands, a little bit in the forearms and the ankles. And also I have an injury that I sustained in a serious car accident in 2016 where I had to have three surgeries on my left side. It's important for me to brace and secure with hand straps, knee braces, leg braces, so I don't seriously injure myself. Next, there's something that has to be acknowledged. Individuality. Nobody's the same. Everybody's different. The chronic illness communities I'm involved with that are associated with my particular chronic disease use this idea of everybody's different to either discredit exercise or use that expression as a way of not exercising in the first place. I want to be clear. I don't mean everybody's different to discredit exercise or use it as a way to get out of exercising. With that being said, I like to quote uh, PhD Dr. David Q. Thomas. He said that we all will have similar responses and adaptations to the stimulus of exercise, but the rate and magnitude of these changes will be limited by our differing genetics. Some are fast responders, others are slow responders, some have the capacity to reach elite status, and some do not. If we have everyone perform the same exercise program, they will not all receive the same benefits at the same rate or to the same extent. This is an important principle to teach people wishing to start an exercise program or to youngsters just coming into sports. There are two reasons. So they can set realistic goals, and so they don't get frustrated when they don't see miraculous changes in their bodies or performance. How much more so with someone with a chronic disease? Next, let's talk about overcompensation and overload. Nature has a way of responding to stress and that includes our bodies when you do a lot of activities say with your hands you tend to develop calluses when we're injured we develop a scar tissue and that's built into us as a human species isn't it that's referred to as overcompensation one source says in order to gain strength, 
muscle size, endurance from any training, you must exercise against a resistance greater than that normally encountered. What does that mean? Well, I can assume that we all know what a bicep curl is. If you were to do that with no weight in your hands, you just move your arms up and down in a bicep curl motion. Nothing's going to happen unless you do a million reps. If we were to put weight in our hands, then we're putting resistance in the bicep curl motion. And to repeat, in order to gain in strength, muscle size, or endurance from any training, you must exercise against a resistance greater than that normally encountered. And that's referred to as overload. Next, there is a principle in developing exercise program called Specific Adaptation to Impose Demands. S-A-I-D. Said. That's how you can remember it. Basically, what that law says is your objective in training has to match your exercise program. For example, if an athlete wanted to be more explosive, then perhaps he would do plyometrics. He would do explosive exercises. So the bottom line there is training objective needs to match the exercise program. There's another law which needs to be absolutely considered and followed. In my opinion, one of the most important ones. Use and disuse principle. That means if you don't use it, you lose it. It's also referred to as the law of reversibility. If you're not exercising, you're not going to get strong. You're not going to gain endurance. You're just going to go backwards into atrophy. And if that's true with people without a chronic illness or disease, as I've been saying, how much more so with someone with a chronic disease, especially with a muscle-wasting one like mine. There are other principles in regards to developing an exercise program, such as things you need to do to avoid a plateau. There's also the necessary recovery time you need to take when we consider the repeated trauma we're putting on our body. Anyway, I'll do some other episodes in the future to talk about some of the training systems or exercise programs that I've implemented for myself as well as my clients with chronic disease that's worked well for me and them. If you have any questions in the meantime, please send me an email at info at cmtstrong.com. If you have any questions, you want to be a guest on the podcast, chronically real at cmtstrong.com.